Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. Lord, in these moments, we just ask you to have your way. Thank you for the more that you are doing. And we just pray that you would prosper your purpose for us today. Lord, we open out our hearts yet again. We just pray, have your way, have a free course in every single person here today. Thank you for what you're already doing in these moments. And thank you for all that you're yet going to do. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Why don't you smile at somebody next to you and tell them it's so good to be around you this morning. If you haven't gotten to say welcome, um, it would be good to do that. So good to have you in church this morning and especially if you're new or visiting with us in Sycamore today, big welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I do hope that you would have the time of your life today um, with us and it's a good day that you came. We are starting out um, our Love, Dating and Marriage series today and I'm excited about what God is going to do over the next four weeks um, as we plunge into this for most of of this month. Um, I'm trusting God to use this series for every single individual, every single relationship, every marriage, every family. Um, I'm trusting God to use it to help us to really love and do life and relationships and marriage from a healthy place. And um, we're really going to find that if we are finding all the biblical wisdom that we can, um, challenging ourselves in the right ways and really just trusting God to light up, light up such that there will be such an awareness of where we are um, of what our lives are and that we would see Jesus. We would see who he is to us, his love for us and what he calls us to. All right, so we're going to do this in four weeks. Today, I'm going to start out with something we call I'm in love with Delilah. Next week, Sunday, I'm going to do I'm in love with a Jesus guy. Then somewhere during that week, we're going to have a generational love conversation. We're going to have single suya night. Um, single suya night is going to be how to choose your life partner. Uh, then on week three, we're going to do how to stay holy when you're horny. And on week four, we are going to have vow renewals, but we're also going to have I'm married to Jezebel. Isn't that awesome? Fantastic. So good. Let's pray this morning before we start. Hold out your hands and say, God, open my mind. Say, open my ears. Say, open my heart to receive your word. Who says amen to that? Amen. amen. Please be seated this morning. Better go find a seat quick. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, we were asking just a few moments ago what the most stupid thing that you have done for love is. And it's amazing all the amazing things that you have found yourself doing or maybe not you, maybe somebody you know um, doing just in this whole love space. I've often said that one of the things that happens when you're in love is that love activates what I call your mumu button, right? Um, if you don't know what that is, I mean your capacity for mumuhood. It is activated. There is a wiring in humanity that ensures that as love is activated, it deactivates some of your brain's capacity to reason clearly and like objectively, right? So whether it is Jacob slaving 14 years for a girl he loves or whether it is you spending yourself broke, you know, using your last cash in this cash scarcity, you know, um, to go and see someone without even knowing how you're going to go back home. You know, just all those kind of things or what you're going to eat or you're just staring into blank space. Have you caught yourself crossing the road absent-minded before? because you were just obsessed thinking about somebody. Don't worry, it's not you. We're just saying general things, right? Um, it will come closer and closer, right? Um, but for real, think about how love has changed your life. Maybe 
earlier on, younger years, you used to do hard girl, hard girl, you know. Now you are going to bed hugging pillows and chanting names and, you know, playing love songs on the background and, and things like that. Um, recently, I stumbled, interestingly, on one of my wife's journals from, like, the time when we were dating. And I was just... Like, if I knew this was what was going on, I would not have been stressing myself, you know. So you are doing what the answer, then all the things you're writing, you know, there and all of that. Um, but no matter how stupid what you've ever done, like, ever done for love is... I don't think it comes near Samson's level of stupidity for love. So you're about to have this thing they say that they will tell you that and what that means is like it's not only I. It's not it's not normal, right? That there is some level of maybe jazz involved in this thing. So I'll have us take a look at Samson's story, and by the end, I'm sure you'll join me to say, Samson, are you normal? Judges 16, let's take it out from verse 4. Sometime after this in the Sorek Valley, Samson fell in love with a woman whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines confronted her and said, said to her, seduce him and find out what gives him such great strength and what we can do to overpower him so that we can tie him up and make him weak. Then we'll each pay you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what gives you such great strength and how you can be tied up and made weak. What a question. Samson replied her, if someone ties me up with seven fresh bowstrings, I'll become weak. That's like any other person. So the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings and went dried out and all of that. And then an ambush was waiting for her signal in an inner room. She called out, Samson, the Philistines are on you. And he snapped the bowstrings like a thread of fiber snaps when he touches a flame. So the secret of his strength remained unknown. Then Delilah in verse 10 came and said, you made a fool out of me and you lied to me. Now please tell me, tell me. How can you really be tied up? So he replied, if someone ties me up with new robes that haven't been used for work, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so in verse 12, Delilah took the new robes and once again she called. In verse 12, Samson, the Philistines are on you. And in verse 13, Delilah said to Samson, up to now you've made a fool out of me and lied to me. Tell me how you can be tied up. He responded, he said, okay, if you weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of a loon, okay, she got him to fall asleep wove the seven braids of his hair just as he said and she called out Samson the Philistines are on you he woke up from his sleeve and just pulled loose the pin and in verse 15 Delilah said to him you probably know this thing how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me this is the third time you have made a fool of me and you haven't told me the secret of your great strength she knocked him with her words day after day and begged him until he became worn out uh, to the point of death. So he told her his whole secret. He told her, he said, no razor has ever touched my head and all of that. And if you cut it, I'll become weak like every other person. So in verse 18, when Delilah realized that he had told her his whole secret, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come one more time for he has told me his whole secret. And they came and, verse 19, she got him to fall asleep with his head on her lap. Then she called a man and had him shave off. And in verse 20, she called out, Samson, the Philistines are on you. So he woke up from his sleep and thought, I'll escape just like the other times and shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him, plucked out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze chains and he worked grinding mill in the prison. And so, um, they're not even married. Samson and Delilah are not even married. They're not even engaged. I said by the end of this story, you're going to join me to say something that you know more. 
Because they're not even married. They're still in talking stage. And the babe is just always asking you, what is your secret? Basically, she's asking, what is your secret? How can I ruin you? That's, that's basically the question she's asking him every day. Every time they go on a date, every hookup, every conversation is something. How can I ruin you? And she's actively trying to. Like you see her, everything you tell her, like you see her trying to do it. In verse 16 of Judges 16, she nagged him with her words day after day and begged him until he became worn out to the point of death. She's nagging and frustrating him and wearing him out to death. So modern day equivalent of this kind of question is somebody asking you every day. You're just in talking state. What's your pain? Or what is your bank app password? And then you tell her something wrong the first day and you wake up and see her trying to type it. And she comes back tomorrow and we're still on this thing every time. I like you, yes, but we're not even dating. We're just talking. Why are you out to ruin me? But what, what I don't get is... Samson goes on seeing her, goes on talking. All the red flags that are waving at Samson, he's using the color as suggestion for Asherabi, like everything. I'm like, Samson, are you normal? But did you notice the words in Judges 16 verse 4? That's really what I wanted to say. Samson fell in love with a woman whose name was Delilah. So it was a love question. He loved her. You see, love is a strong thing. Love is a strong thing. The Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 6, it says the passion of love bursting into flame is more powerful than death. Stronger than the grave. In the Message Bible, it says the fire of love stops at nothing. It sweeps everything before it. How many have somebody next to you? Say, have you ever been there before? Have you? Hopefully not as stupid as something, but have you ever been like around this whole thing before? Because here is Samson. Samson is the guy we know he's anointed. He's, he's anointed. He's appointed by God. God has a calling on his life. He's supernaturally strong. He can carry city gates. He can do all those kind of things. But as this love thing happens to him, it just activates his mumuhood times 1,000. Like straight up. And please don't miss those words because that's really what I want to show you. That Samson loved Delilah. So my message today is not, like, I'm not going technical or maybe on the love word, like, okay, what type of love is it? Was he in love or he loved or he just liked strongly or is he agape? Is he, well, the point is, Samson Shah had something strong he felt towards Delilah. Do you understand? He loved her. Okay. To which you'll probably say, somebody might probably say this morning, yeah, that is exactly the point. I'm not into all this love wala, you know, I'll guard my heart from this whole love thing that love has ruined the world. I know many guys that have been scammed, destinies have been wasted, women have lied to people, men are scum, blah, 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 they're after your money, this heart was not made to love, I'm just going to be, you know, that kind of vibe. And I, I think, to be honest, it's like you saying that you're not going to go to university because you know many people went to university and used their certificates wrong, you know. Yeah, people have done it in the wrong ways, but there is a substance to this thing, do you get what I'm trying to say? Or it's like you saying that we'll never have money because people have used money wrong. Like, you God. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, right? Um, but please stay, to, stay with me this morning because to fight a thing in you that wants to love and is in that pursuit and desire is to fight God's beautiful creation design. God made us for this. We were wired with a love capacity. We're designed to be loving and thriving in our living of 
our journey of love. And so by our capacity to love, you know, God has actually put like a speck of himself in us. It's a God thing in us that God is love. And so there's something about God in us that, 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 that puts us on that journey of loving and of desiring and all of that. God brought Eve to Adam and I feel like God just stepped back to and smiled as, as Adam was having a thing for his girl. Like God just smiled about it. Like nice, like almost me like good stuff all right so samson's problem was not loving or being in love but it was being in love with delilah let me kind of tell you something about satan satan our big enemy one thing you should always remember about the devil is that the devil is not creative he is simply manipulative with what god has already created so the devil simply is a spoiler he doesn't create new things he simply tries to spoil god's design he tries to mess up the beautiful experience god wants you to have in anything so it's like god brings you to a beautiful buffet and it's all set like there's all this uh, this this whole wide speck of food and all of that like it's all set and this is such a beautiful experience you're about to have and then they're like okay this is where you start from take a plate and then start to pick things and you know just serve 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 and all of that you know what devil does he can't he can't create a buffet he can't do all of that but he, he then tries to spoil the order like don't start from there come and start from here like can you smell the porridge can you smell the porridge so what you then do is you go to the porridge you can smell it you go for it you scoop and put on your hand and start to have this messed up experience of what was beautiful do you get what i'm trying to say here so the devil doesn't create he just tries to mess up what god has made and so one of the best blessings that god will bring into your life is just the blessing of order for example god gives in his creation god gives beautiful sex within a context like god is like man christians let's always remind ourselves sex is good it's a blessing of god um it's not evil it's good but what what satan works hard to do is to take it out of context all right and make people use a beautiful thing in a destructive way and so it's like somebody gives you a 50 liter keg of oil today that's like a very beautiful gift isn't it like that is awesome like remy thank you you know but like but but you then get home and meet your five-year-old child you know drinking from the foil right it is a beautiful thing but it is being taken in a destructive way Do you get what i'm trying to say right that's what i'm saying good so it's not that foil became bad it was just that it was misused and so if you are here today and you know your journey of just these god things is that you are walking the buffet they say start from here take the order you know but here you are smelling all the food touching licking without really tasting you know all that kind of stuff you know what i'm saying this one um i'll just say stop it all right go and take your plate and come and start serving from where you should serve from amen all right so anyway, here's where I'm going today. Satan has taken Samson's passion to love, that burning fire, the beautiful God thing, and he has made him devoted to Delilah. So, same Delilah. Have you ever dealt with that feeling of loving Delilah? Like I, I love Delilah. The, the point is not like I'm making, I'm actually saying like I love Delilah. That's, that's what Samson will tell you. Here you are going right back to a habit that is destroying you. Like day after day. And why? Because I love it. It's not like I'm just trying to be there. But I love it. I love Delilah night after night. You know this is bad. You know it is destructive. You can see where it's taking you to. You know this is not of God. You know this is not God's plan for my life. But there's just... I just love Delilah. Love Delilah. 
Maybe for you, Delilah is not a person. Maybe it's even a place. That every time you walk away from that place, you kind of know, I shouldn't be there. And you're like, I'm not going there again. I'm not, I'm not going there again. I'm not going back there, I promise. But here you are for the last five years because you just love Delilah. Love being given excuses that no longer hold because every time you want to go back there, it's just a story of actually love Delilah. Now you're avoiding people. Maybe you're even avoiding God now because you love Delilah. Person, place, thing, habit. It's just the way we, that thing in us that is wired with passion, but the problem now is that it is devoted to Delilah. Samson loved Delilah. If he just, oh, Samson visited Delilah, maybe we'll just tell him, oh, don't go there again. But the point is, he, he loves her. Love is strong. And by the way, love is a very real human feeling. So maybe this morning you're like, okay, so are you trying to say I should only love perfect people? You know, Samson should love Deborah, not Delilah, you know. <laughs> Please don't miss my point. This is a real bigger story. What I want you to see with what happened with Samson and Delilah is a bigger story. It's a picture of, on one hand, the chosen of God, the called of God, the people of God, and then the enemies of the covenant. This is the Philistines. These are those who, typology are the enemies. God says, don't go there, don't be there. And so this is a picture of a life called to God's plan of loving and then he's loving what is not of God. It's a picture who is somebody who is about God's assignment giving room in their lives to satanic compromise. And my prayer today is that every one of us will walk out of these doors today seeing not just the story of Samson but I believe a story of ourselves and above all a story of Jesus. Okay? So Samson, if Honestly, angels don't understand you feeling strong about a girl or a direction and all of that because they are angels. Well, we'll be honest with you, Samson. We understand. I, I know what it's like to love. And sometimes you know, man, this is harmful. But, but the truth is, I, I love. And I, I, I can understand acting foolish because the truth is, I love. So it's just where I am. So let's break it out. If we could sit with Samson, if we could travel forward to Judges 16 verse 21 and then meet Samson there, the Bible says by now Samson has been captured by the Philistines. They put out his eyes and they took him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze chains and he worked the grinding mill in the prison. Okay? So now, if we could travel forward and meet Samson in this place where he's like really messed up and finished and all of that, uh, then we say, Samson, what have you learned? I think there are a few things that Samson will straight up say to us. That this is what I've learned about that, just that expression. Like, I started out, yes, I love Delilah. I'm in love with Delilah. But four simple things that I think Samson will say to us, and that's where I'm going to do, okay? So are you ready for this now? Fantastic. Let's go. The first thing Samson, I think, will tell us, and that we learn clearly from his life, is be very careful. Just as you walk your love story, be very careful when you have a way of always having your way. Be very careful when you have a way of always having your way. You know, for Samson, this strong guy, he could bulldoze through everything. He was strong-willed. And let me show you the pattern of Samson's life. But if we start, let's go two chapters back. Judges 14 from verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and he saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother saying, I've seen a woman in Timnah, daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. And his father and mother said to him, is there no woman among the daughters of... This thing is wrong, Samson. These are Philistines. Is there nobody among the daughters of your people that you know, you should go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me well. 
Now, if you were Samson's father, what would you do? Let me tell you a few things. If I was Samson's father, I don't argue with him, right? We don't argue. If Samson says, I can just suggest politely. But if Samson says, that's what I want, he gets his way. Like, <laughs> I mean, when they say, what are we eating this morning? Before you talk, you say, Samson, what are we eating? Like, don't, don't let's cause unnecessary. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh, let's be well guided. And so, Samson gets her. Like, straight up. Like, I want that. I get it. By Judges 15, I was Judges 14, by Judges 15, that marriage went bad. Basically what happened, his father-in-law misbehaved and Samson was angry like his father-in-law. Ah. So he just went, took 300 foxes, tied their tails and burned Philistine fields. And all. Ah. And they're like, who did this? They said, ah, is this person's son-in-law. Where they went and, and killed that man and his daughter and all of them, all right? So now the Philistines are angry. The Philistines now capture Samson, they tie his hands and all of that. And he's angry. Ah. He kills 1,000 people straight up. Jobun of an ass, bam, 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 1,000 are dead. Now we pick up the story in Judges 16, and then let's start from verse 1 of Judges 16. So that's just happened in Judges 15. Now Judges 16, one day, Samson just travels to Gaza. While he was there, he saw a prostitute, and he had sex with her. Verse 2, the word spread among the people. As Samson has come here, so they circled around, and they were waiting in ambush for him all night at the city gate. They kept quiet all night long, thinking we'll kill him. The first light of the morning. In verse 3, Samson slept only half the night. He got up in the middle of the night, grabbed the doors of the city gate and the two gate posts and pulled them up with the bar still across them, put them on his shoulders and carried them like, like it's just the guy's life. So straight up from here, we go to verse 4, where it then says, Samson loved Delilah. So look at the basis. Just at the start, he's been sleeping with a prostitute. He's just living in his sexual fantasies. He's been doing things by power, you know, just an absolute, like, like you want to stop, I just remove the gate. Like, there's just that absoluteness. He's bullying his father and his mother. He has not healed from that last marriage that he had, you know. There is still the Adam, bam, I love Delilah. Be careful when you have a way of always having your way. Especially when you know you are doing wrong stuff. Simply put, let me put it this way, Samson was just not in a place to be able to trust his love feeling. The guy is broken. He's failing, but he's using macho to cover everything. Even with Delilah, it was that same mindset of, I can just have my way. Look at Judges 16 verse 20. After he has done all the stunts, and then she, she called out to him, Samson, the Philistines are on you. And he woke up from his sleep and thought, I will escape just like the other times and shake myself free. Let me say this to you today, friends. The fact that nothing bad seems to happen when you do wrong, is not God condoning it. It is God giving you room to repent. Be careful when you have a way of just always having your way. For Samson, it was his strength. Listen, for some of you, it is your woman power that you can use to get anything. Like, just change it. Like, they're trying to have an objective conversation, just a crime. And there's just a way you know how to get your way. Be careful when you have a way of just always getting your way. You can cry your way to another level. You can cry to your breakthrough. You can cry to anything. you do with your with people in your world is that you just step them away from objectivity and you become manipulative for some it's your words you can talk anybody into anything i'm just saying be careful when you have a way of always having your way like you can look at anybody and know that uh give me two minutes i can talk them into anything whether your boss whether your so you know how like there's just a way you can have your way whether it's wrong whether it's right you just have a way of having your way be careful for some of you it's your money you believe you can buy your way through anything or into anyone. Any, like you just, like you are well funded. You know, ah, people are, there's something going on. People are killing. Mm-hmm. Just wink eyes at that guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, 
you just you just know you can have your way. I'm just saying, be careful when you have a way of always having your way, especially when you know you're doing wrong stuff. Second thing, something I think would advise is that, man, you need honest people in your life. You need honest people in your life. Samson would tell you that he wishes he had honest people who were not intimidated by his status or by his achievements or anything. People who can call you out when you are blurry in judgment. See, when you say things like, I'm not asking whether you have accountability partner. I'm asking whether you are actually accountable. Because you can carry title. Two things you need. You need people that are positioned, one, and two, are empowered to be honest with you. Not just empowered and not positioned. Not just positioned and not empowered. People that are positioned and empowered to be honest with you. Don't claim accountability to people that don't even know anything about what's going on with you. Right? See, just like it is with life generally, I think it's the same with love. Don't go solo. Samson, didn't you have a, like a guy, a, a friend, a mentor, anybody that could just tell you, that you could tell like, man, this is how I'm feeling, oh. That, ah, I'm on this babe that I made yesterday. She's asking me for my pin every day, oh. You know, like, didn't you have anybody that you could just tell? Samson, who do you listen to? Where, where are they? Where are your guys? Why your mentors? You're just bullying everybody. Your father and mother, you just bully them, everything. Who do you listen to? Met a girl today. You went to NYC camp. Three weeks. You met somebody and started dating before the end of camp. Who, who is advising you? <laughs> so now you do it too. And we were in the same platoon. <laughs> Something. Who is, who is holding you accountable for that prostitute that you just had sex with? Who is walking that healing journey with you from your last marriage? Who is holding you accountable about, you know, the way porn is messing up your mind you've been feasting on? Who is walking a journey of healing with you? Who is holding you to say, see, a great relationship, a great marriage, is not just two people who become isolated from the world. No. It's two people who are doing life together, but have a world around them. So the issue is Samson loved Delilah. And I'm not saying you don't love her. But you need that person that will tell you, I know that's the way you're feeling, but you're not going to make that call. Lie, lie. Drop that phone. Come here. Take these beans. Go and pick it. Are you going to pick it? You need that person that will tell you, no, you're not talking to that person that is not your wife. You're not. You're not spending every lunch time with that person. Something is happening between both of you. What? No. You need that person. You need friends and people in your life that can tell you you are not okay. Because sometimes you are not okay. Sometimes you are not. <laughs> not because they are jealous of you. I'm not saying, you know, you are your friend. So this they say, ah, like, they, no, not because they are jealous, not because they are intimidated, but because they love you. You are not always okay. Love can make you not to be okay. <laughs> so let me advise you for free, free advice. A strong love story is going to be built around strong structures. Not just what happened on a Friday night. That thing Samson will tell you. Got it closed. Soon. Samson will tell you that your love story must be more than how you feel in a moment. Samson loved Delilah. But that's not the basis for a love story direction. Samson loved Delilah. Okay. I'm not denying the burning that you feel after watching that movie or, you know, how Delilah is all over your mind and all of that, you know. For some of you, it's even, you know, maybe not even Delilah of a person. Maybe Delilah a habit. 
You love the feeling of what that alcohol does for you. You love the feeling of, you know, when you just weed and you're okay. You, you, you love the feeling. And it's real strong. But if you'll be honest, at some point, listen, at some point, when you say, I am in love with Delilah, it is equals to, I am making decisions and being in places and situations that allow Delilah to have a hold on my heart. I'll say that again. At some point, that I love Delilah is I am making decisions and I'm being in places and situations that allow Delilah to have a hold on my life. Think of it in the positive way. Saying I love my wife is not just that I decided or I felt some way, you know, 12 years ago when we met. No, it is that I am making decisions and being in positions and places that are allowing her to have a hold on my heart. Do you get what I'm saying? In the same way, when you say, ah, man, you don't understand. It's just that I love Delilah. I love the habit. I love that feeling. I love, I know it's destructive. I know it's not what God wants, but it's that I love it. It's, you are making decisions and being in positions and places that allow it to have a hold on your heart. Something you didn't, lo you didn't lose it because you love Delilah. You lost it because you followed through to make it a story of putting your head on a lap, of you know, being in conversations you shouldn't be in. That's why you lost it. It's not the feeling that killed you, Samson. It's not. <sighs> when feelings are all there is to your love story, friends, then it's just sensual. It's sensual. It's so easy to even just become a story of immorality. A strong love story is more than feelings. It is a righteous conviction. It is principled. The thing with Delilah is that it takes you out of your own. The things that you've always valued, suddenly they don't matter again. The things that you've always held as principles, suddenly you start, you know, see, I believe traditions can change. I believe practices evolve, right? I believe as the world moves and as we figure out new ways to do things, I believe there are practices and traditions and all that. In fact, we get modernized on and everything. But be careful when you start changing your values because of a way you feel, of something you feel towards. Be careful. When you start changing values and principles, all right, um, just based on how you feel, I feel attracted to the same sex. Samson loved Delilah. But you don't have to build a love story out of how you feel in a moment. Anything God, any God thing is holistic. It is, it is proven. It is proven through patience. All right, it's not rushed, it's not pressuring, it's proven with truth, it is proven with consistency. You know, a God thing is holistic, right? So, um, something will tell you, something will tell you that a love story must be more than how you feel in a moment. Finally, this morning, fourth thing that I think something will tell you, just as you figure out, just every invitation to pour your love on a Delilah, whatever that is in your context. As you figure that out, the fourth thing I believe Samson will tell you is that the only thing that can fix your worship disorder is true worship. The only thing that can fix your worship disorder is true worship. Because I wish, I wish Samson knew Matthew 22 verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And maybe I say, okay, so what does that have to do with romantic relationship? I am glad you asked. Just wait. Listen, it has everything to do with it. 
See, when your human body is sick, if I'm sick in my body and, and I have maybe malaria, right? Now, there are various symptoms that will depict the sickness. So you can say there's joint pain, you can say there's headache, I'm feeling feverish and all of that, okay? But at the root of it, there is a sickness. And what you will do is that you treat the sickness, not merely the symptoms. Are you hearing me this morning? So I know there is joint pain, but you're not merely treating joint pain. You're not just attacking a headache. You're saying there is a, there's a sickness, right? You're treating the sickness, whether it is malaria. So if, if you are sick with malaria, it's different from if you are sick with HIV. Do you understand? You might have headache for both. I, I don't know. Maybe, right? But, but you are going to be trying to treat what is the sickness. The sickness is what is causing the headache. It's what is causing the joint pain. And I'm saying at the base of this, what's, what's wrong with you, Samson? Today, prostitutes. Tomorrow, Delilah. Next day, woman, Philistine. Next day. What is really wrong with you, Samson? There's a worship disorder. You've missed out, Samson, on a sense of who God is to you. And your love for God. You've missed out on something about what God is to you. So you've made yourself vulnerable. Now you are looking for something that is really not missing. Now you are just all over the place and you know so you're expressing it this way and tomorrow is that and so many times I, I meet people who are addicted and you say you don't understand I just love the feeling and I'm saying it's just a symptom your big problem is not to break an addiction your big problem is to correct your worship disorder you have believed that that thing is something to you that God is supposed to be there's a fulfillment there is a rest a satisfaction that you are really longing for and so you're going through all these things and, and today you to look at yourself the last five years today you tried that tomorrow you tried that you worked that hour you went there and you're just finding yourself pouring love on every delight and it's calling you and pulling you because at the base of it there's a worship so when Jesus said you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and he's trying to say look it's the basis of how you love God that you can truly now be loving yourself and loving others. You can only get it right in building your love expressions when something towards God is already set right. Let me tell you something, Samson. And everybody who feels that pain of, I see it like, I know Delilah is destructive. I, I know not to be there. I know that habit. I know that, I know... I know it's not of God. I know it's ruined. Everybody who feels that pain of, I see it, but I feel like I can't help myself. Let me tell you something. Jesus, Jesus knows your struggle of loving Delilah. Jesus knows. I love Delilah. Jesus, Jesus understands. When Paul is writing about this in Romans chapter 7, in verse 19, he says, I do not do the good things that I want to do. I do the bad things that I do not want to do. Like I know this is bad, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I know I shouldn't be here. Like I can see all the red signals. I know I'm to be out of here. I know I should break that. I know I shouldn't be doing that, but I find myself doing the bad things that I do not want to do. And the good things, like I walk out of church determined, like, oh, this week, Deborah over Delilah. But the good things that I want to do, I'm not doing. And the bad things is what I do. I see God's plan for my life, but I'm going in the wrong direction. 
I see what God wants of me. I can see it. I'm looking at it. But within me, I just... The issue is I love Delilah. I'm not... That's the point. When you read those words, I don't know if you feel it, but the point is, I love Delilah. And I'm not supposed to do that, but there is a... I love Delilah. So by the time you get to verse... That Romans 19 in the Message Bible, it says, I decide to do good. But I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. By the time you get to verse 24, Paul says, Oh wretched man that I am, who will who will deliver me from this pain, from this body of death? And verse 25, I like the wording. It says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Today, my prayer for everybody is that you will see Jesus. In this journey of just being a something and of figuring out your life and of your love and of your passion, my prayer is that as I, the good I want to do and the Delilah and where I am, I pray today that you will see Jesus, that you will see Jesus. Tim, come. I'm going to land in a moment. Have you ever used a fake product? Like maybe you had even been using it for long. And when that one spoiled, you went back, bought another one. You had been spending money on this fake product again and again and again. Then you finally, somebody told you about like a real one. And then, uh, and like really, and then you use the real one. And the first day, just that first experience, you're like, ah, ah. You know, you just felt like, here we are. Like, good, right? Anybody? Have you ever been scammed with a fake product? Like, don't pretend you don't live in Nigeria. Okay. Once or twice. There used to be a guy who would buy things from electronic stuff, and then when I get there, anything you mention, he would say, do you want fake or original? I said, why do you, why do you always say, let's see, evil human being, there's fake. <laughs> well, if you've ever used a fake product and been there before, um, maybe you would kind of get where I'm going in my landing today. Because for everything we see in Samson, what I want you to see is that Samson was strong. Samson was, he was supernaturally strong. He had this calling and all of that. But Samson was a pointer. Samson was a pointer to the ultimate, who is Jesus. So Samson, at his death, you remember how that he stretched out his hands and, you know, in his death, he was pushing in the temple of the Philistines and he pushed hard at his death and all of that. And the Bible says that he killed more even in his death than in all his life. But you remember that Jesus stretched out his hands in his death and he gave life to all. And Samson was in his death angrily passing judgment. Passing judgment angrily on these Philistines. Let me take one more revenge on these guys. And he pushes and he dies with them. But Jesus in his death was lovingly receiving our judgment upon himself. And here's what Jesus did that I want you to see today. Where Samson failed in the temptation and man, it's just love. And Samson fell. Where Samson failed, Jesus won. Because my Bible tells me that Jesus was tempted in all points, just as that, but he was without sin. Where Samson failed, Jesus won, so that you can follow him and find true life. So true faith, this is where true faith starts. It starts by realizing that what Jesus did is not just to impress you or to be that strong guy that walked around town and, you know, lifted up gates and did what he wanted to do. But what Jesus did was to do it on your behalf so that in his example and in his empowerment, you can walk in those same steps and live a life out of his love for you. 
And so in what Jesus did, John chapter 3 verse 16, you know it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish. And so what Jesus is saying is, in my love, in my own story of love is a story of life for you. In my own story of love, it's not a story of you just being in between every next struggle and it's the Delilah that is pulling and I can't just help myself. Jesus says, hey, look to a bigger story of love. And in my own story of love, you find a story of life through my love. So as a Christian, you don't just have the Samson type of strength. The Samson type of strength is a strength that yet tries to hold it together and tries to impress people and all of that and is doing so much on the outside but many times it's dying on the inside. It's the kind of strength that would come to a church service and impress many people and look the part and look so good but on the inside it's dying and it's caving in. As a child of God, you don't just have the Samson type of strength. You have the Jesus type of strength. That is not just about an outward performance and a failure on the inside. No, Jesus did what he did so that you can stand in his steps and he can empower you to be the kind of person I would say I will walk in love story like Jesus did and today I just came to say I know that we live in the reality of oh man I loved Delilah oh I feel that way about anything whatever it is but I came today to remind you you have Jesus you are in Jesus you have the life flow to be all that he calls you to be and so today if I can turn your attention to Jesus and if I can make you in the middle of you don't understand how I feel if I can say let's set the worship right let's get our worship order right then we will get our love right if I can love him with all my heart and with all my strength and with all my mind then I can get loving my neighbor and loving my wife and loving the life the way God called me to and loving the things and not doing the things I should not I can get that right if I get my worship order right so today can i invite you church can i invite you in the middle of every you don't understand what just the pool of delilah and the and whatever that is in your context today can i invite you to say man can this story today be a jesus loves me so i love jesus so i turn my eyes to jesus so i become passionate about him so i run towards him i i make this the goal and the passion of my life because if you will get your worship right you will get your love right if you get your worship right, you will get your love right. If you get your worship wrong, you will get your love wrong. Because if you haven't found just who only Jesus can be to you, you go looking for it in the wrong places. You go looking for it in the wrong things. You go looking for it in the wrong people. Or if you haven't found a rest and a satisfaction that is only in Jesus, then you go looking for it in the wrong places. But today, if we'll get our worship right, we will get our love right. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Where you are, would you just lift your hands and say, I love you, Jesus. I set you right in my life. Say that again. Say, I love you, Jesus. I set you right in my life. I make you my priority. Help me love you over and over and again. And say, through you, help me find life and righteousness as I walk my love story. Let's say that again. Let's start again. Say, I love you, Jesus. I set you right in my life. Say, I make you my priority. Help me love you over and over again. And through you, help me find life and right expressions as I walk my love story. Can I give you 60 seconds, everybody, to pray this morning? I don't know what this is to you. I don't know what's talking on your heart as we speak today. I don't know where you are in this story on your journey. I don't know what pulls your heart in directions you know you shouldn't be going. 
I don't know what you've diluted your love to, whether it's a person, whether it's a thing, and something that you know, man, that's, that's a Delilah story there. That's a Delilah story there. That's not what God wants for me. Can today just be a day of you not, I'm just trying to have my way everywhere, I have my way. Can today be a day of you repenting and saying, Jesus, I correct the worship disorder. I set you right. I set you right. Help me to find rest and fulfillment that is only in you. Help me to love you right with all my heart, with all my soul. Help me to know you in a deeper way. Let my heart just, just be turned into the rhythms that it was created to live in. And I'll say in the name of Jesus, I will love strong. I will find expression that God calls me to. Say in the name of Jesus, my heart is sold out in the right directions. And I'll find the expressions that God calls me to. I'll not live less than, I'll not live in denial, I'll not, I'll not live in shadows, but I will love, I will I'll find life as I walk this journey. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you, and today we turn our hearts to you. Of ourselves, we know the feeling of humanity. We know, we know how we just get to those moments where all we are is we're just being human. It's just the pool, it's the talk, it's the distractions, it's the manipulations of the devil. But today, God, we set it right by just being attracted to you in a whole new way. I just pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll just stir up a love for you, Lord, out of which we can really be living our lives and finding true love and life. Thank you for who you are to us, Jesus. We love you and we adore you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. If I can invite us to just stay standing and everybody online, wherever you are, if you can stand in this moment. Somebody came to church today and is not in the right place with God. And I always want to give that moment, that opportunity for you to be reconciled to to find him you know that's the point of all of this the point of all of this is not you striving your way trying to do it better the point of all of this is surrender surrender to a god who in jesus did everything so that when you say yes to him then your yes accounts um, for more than you could think or imagine because jesus did the big one upon that cross two thousand years ago maybe you say why why do i need that because of ourselves every one of us is messed up the only way we have any standing with God, none of us is good enough for a holy and almighty God. The only way we can have a standing with him is through his own provision for us that he worked in Jesus 2,000 years ago upon that cross. So Jesus died a death he had no business dying so that we can have a life that we don't deserve to have. That's the beauty of surrender, of reconciliation with God through Jesus. I don't know who you are. Maybe you standing this morning listening to me and saying, man, I'm not born again. I'm not in the right place with God. Or at some point in my life, I've made a decision to follow Jesus. But as we speak, I've walked away, made poor choices. I'm far away from God. And I need to be reconciled with God today. I need the gift of forgiveness. I need his mercy in my life today. I need today to be that day when I say yes to Jesus. And I walk out of those doors with a boldness that I'm on the right page with God. I'm just going to count to three, and wherever you are this morning, I want you to put your hand on your chest, whether you're in this building or you're online anywhere. Put your hand on your chest just as a statement of your choice this morning to follow Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Where you are, put your hand on your chest. God sees you and he knows you. God bless you. God bless you. God sees you and he knows you. And that's a miracle that is happening in your life this morning. God bless you. Thank you for your sincerity this morning. I believe there are also people online doing that this morning. God sees you right where you are. And that's a miracle that is happening in your life today. 
you know what we're going to do? This is a family, not a crowd. So we're all going to join in with you. But I'm going to lead you to say a prayer. I want you to say these words with boldness today, knowing that God hears your voice. God knows you. God sees you right now. Wherever you are, God sees you. And come on, let's say these words together with boldness. Can we all say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and is the Savior of the world. Say, I believe he laid his life down so that I can find forgiveness and I can be reconciled with you. Say, I make today the day that I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Say, I'll choose to follow you all the days of my life. I surrender everything to you. I'm a child of God. And one day, I'll be with you in heaven. I believe it. Amen. Amen. Congratulations to everybody who prayed. That prayer this morning, a miracle just happened in your life. And hey, man, we are so excited about it. And I congratulate you. Real, that's real special what you just did. Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus. And we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There, you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.